Hey, welcome into Positive Light. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on keeping God first in your life. So when God is placed first and foremost in our lives, we will be able to better live our lives for Him. As Christians, we should want to live our lives for God since He has extended such grace, compassion, and love to us. The Holy Spirit can help us live our lives to God by walking in His steps. It also will better our lives if we put God first priority in our lives. And from Matthew 6.33, But seek first His kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And from Matthew 10.38, And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. There are so many things that can clamor for our attention and devotion. Our jobs, our kids, our spouses, our hobbies, the demands and distractions of life. And we have to be careful not to let them become more important or more of a priority than our relationship with God. The first of the Ten Commandments states, We will have no other gods before him. And Deuteronomy 5.8 says, You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind, or an image of anything in the heavens, or on the earth, or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Yet how many of these things that occupy our time, money, thoughts, and attention to have taken the place where God is supposed to be? Anything can become a God to us. Anything we worship or put an excessive amount of time into, even your feelings can become a God if you allow them to control you. We need to ask ourselves, am I bowing down to God and his word or to my feelings? Another challenge we have to confront is living in a world full of humanism and people not wanting God and his truth to interfere with their lives and routines. It seems we have an epidemic of selfishness in our world today, and this creates all kinds of unhealthy situations. For example, when people refuse to honor God and follow His wisdom in their decisions, it causes them to become bogged down with worry, resentment, and bitterness. Eventually, it shows up as sickness and disease in their bodies. And in our culture, this behavior causes a decline in our moral standards and attitudes. But the good news is we don't have to settle for this way of living. In Christ, we can enjoy our lives abundantly. The key to having God's abundant life, his love, his peace, and his joy is keeping him in his rightful place in our priorities. God said to Abraham, Walk before me with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence, and be blameless and complete in obedience to me. Notice that God instructed Abraham to be habitual in walking with him and living for him. We can do this by establishing daily habits of prayer, worship, and regular consistent time spent in his word. I love the word of God. It's amazing. It contains wisdom, encouragement, comfort, and inspiration for every conceivable human problem or dilemma. His word brings peace and stability to our spirits, and it will renew our minds. Let's get excited about getting into the Bible. So make it your goal to have a deep, intimate relationship with God. Let him into every area of your life. 
If you constantly look to other people for answers and validation, pray about this and ask the Lord to help you stop doing that and instead look to Him. As we live to please God, He promises to bless our lives and make us prosper. When you decide to serve God with your whole heart and make Him first in your life, your soul will prosper and your joy and peace will increase. Remember to lean on Him more than anything else and tell Him, God, I want to do this, but I can't do it without you. He doesn't expect you to live for Him in your own strength or ability, and He understands when you make mistakes. So if you mess up, don't be discouraged and let it hold you back. Confess it and keep going. God will give you grace to do what you need to do, one day at a time, you and God together can do anything. So Rick Warren writes, what does it mean to put God first in your life? So the kingdom of God is a present reality. It's what we're to be doing on earth right now. The power of God is the present resource. It's the energy God gives you so that you can do what he wants you to do once you surrendered and submitted to his will. So Romans 11.36 says, Everything comes from him and exists by his power and is attended for his glory. I talk to people all the time who say, I have so much yet I feel unfulfilled. I've got a good family. I've got a good job. I've got great kids. I've got good friends. I'm part of a good congregation. Why am I so unfulfilled? It's because you were made for more than this. You were made for more than survival. You will never find fulfillment in life until you begin to live in God's kingdom by God's power and the God's glory. How do you live a fulfilled life, the kind of life that you were designed to, by God to live? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2.12, You should live in a way that proves you belong to the God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. What does it mean to live in God's kingdom? It means you make God's agenda your agenda. You make God's will your will. You care about what God cares about. Whatever you want God to bless, you put him first in that area. What does it mean to put God first in your life? I made up a little acrostic, first, F-I-R-S-T, to give you five things you need to put God first in. So the F is finances. If you want God to bless your finances, even during seasons, you must tithe. Sorry, there's no other alternative. And the I is for interest. Put him first in your hobbies, your career, and your recreation. Give God first consideration in every decision. R is for relationships. Put him first in your family, your marriage, and your friendships. S is for schedule. Give him the first part of every day. Get up and sit on the side of your bed every morning and say, God, if I don't get anything else done today, I just want to love you a little bit more and know you a little bit better. And T is for troubles. You need to turn to God first when you have a problem. Prayer should never be your last resort. It should be your first choice. Hopefully, this will help you keep God first. So next, I want to introduce the song called Now Unto Thee by Tommy and Eileen Walker. And here it is. First Timothy 1.17 Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, to the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 
Hey, what a great song by Eileen and Tommy Walker. And here's what Eileen said regarding this song. She said, this song is from 1 Timothy 1.17. 
Now to the King eternally mortal, invisible, to the only and wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. For a season in my childhood, my family and I ended almost every church service singing this verse. It was our doxology. It was set to a different melody than the song you just heard. I'm sure this passage has been sung many different ways, but I couldn't resist attempting to set it to an epic ballad style. Regarding this scripture, this is one of those verses in the Bible that gives us a glimpse into who God is and what he is like. It is just so worshipful. I pray it ushers you into God's majestic and powerful presence as it has me throughout my life. So it is common to hear a Christian say, I'm putting God first, or to counsel others to make sure God has first place in your life. Such expressions are used so often they run the risk of becoming a Christian cliché. But there's nothing trite about the idea of putting God first. In fact, it's thoroughly biblical. Everyone has priorities. We arrange our schedules, budgets, and relationships according to perceived importance. Putting God first means we give Him top priority over everything else. He is the principal figure in our lives and central to all we do and think. When we choose to put God first, we determine that he is more important than any other person. His word is more valuable than any other message. Putting God first means that we keep the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind from Matthew 22:37. In other words, we are totally invested in our relationship with God. Everything we have and everything we are is devoted to him. We hold nothing back. Putting God first means we keep our lives free from idolatry in all its forms. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols from 1 John 5.21. An idol is anything that replaces the one true God in our hearts. As Gideon demolished the altar of Baal and chopped down the Asphorus pole in Judges 6.25-27, we must tear from our hearts anything that lessens our devotion to the reverence of God. As Gideon built an altar to the Lord to replace the idolatrous images, we must dedicate ourselves as a living sacrifice to God and in that way put him first. Putting God first means that we strive to follow in Jesus' steps. Jesus' life was characterized by total submission to the Father's will, service to others, and prayer. In the garden, faced with unthinkable agony, Jesus prays, Not my will, but yours be done. This putting God first. Jesus' words, actions, and doctrine all came from the Father. Jesus glorified the Father in every detail of his life and accomplished all that he had been sent to do. Jesus taught us to seek the kingdom of God above all else. That is, we are to seek the things of God over the things of this world. We are to seek the salvation that is inherent in the kingdom of God, considering that of greater value than all the world's riches combined. The promise associated with the command is that if we are putting God first, he will give you everything you need. During the time of famine, the prophet Elijah visited a town where he met a widow who was preparing a final meal for herself and her son. Elijah asked her for some bread and water, and the widow explained that she had the resources for one meal only, and after that was gone, she would face starvation. Elijah persisted, don't be afraid. 
but first make a small loaf of bread for me for what, from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. In essence, Elijah told her to put God first. By faith, the widow obeyed. She put God first and fed the prophet. And then came the miracle. There was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry. Those who put God first will stand out from the rest of the world. They will obey God's commands. They will take up their cross and follow Jesus, and they will not forsake their first love. They give God the first fruits, not the leftovers. The Christian life is characterized by moment-to-moment selfless service to God that flows from love for Him and His people. In all things, the believer trusts, obeys, and loves God above all else. Putting God first becomes easier when we take to heart the words of Romans 11.36. Everything comes from the Lord. All things were made because of Him and were returned to Him. Praise the Lord forever. Amen. Many people miss out on receiving the blessings God has planned for them simply because they do not put Him first. How about you? What or who is first in your life? Firsts are important to God. Remember the first commandment? God says, you'll have no other God before me. Clearly, he wants to be ahead of everything else in your life. He wants you to put him before your church, your job, your money, your things, even your spouse and children. He wants to be your number one priority. Not putting God first is like buttoning your coat incorrectly. If you get the first button wrong, all the others will be wrong. The good news is, when you get the first button right, all others will line up. And you put God first, everything else in your life will begin to line up as well. God has a wonderful benefits package prepared for all those who will put Him first. It is designed to cover all of your daily needs and keep you free from anxiety. As Jesus described in Matthew 6, 25-33, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the fields, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all of these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first to the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Jesus isn't saying that it is wrong to work for food, shelter, and clothing. He just wants us to keep our priorities straight. He wants our hearts to be set on the spiritual, eternal, rather than on the physical or temporary. When we put his kingdom and eternal things first, God assures us that we will have the other things we need. 
Everything we have comes from God. He created the heavens and the earth. He made us and breathed life into our lungs. He gave each of us time, treasure, and talent to use while living on earth, and he will bless whatever we dedicate to him. The devil, however, does not want you to experience a blessed life. In fact, John 10.10 tells us that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He will try to do whatever he can to keep you from using your time, treasures, and talents first and foremost for God. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it in more abundantly. If you and I truly want to be have blessed lives, the devil cannot stop us. It's important for each of us to evaluate our priorities from time to time, to avoid being distracted from putting God first. If you are not seeing God's blessing in action, then it is especially important to consider what you are doing with your time, treasure, and talent. If you are already putting God first, then let this podcast be a simple encouragement to keep it up. God created everything, even time. Solomon made it clear in the third chapter of Ecclesiastics that from being born to dying, there is a time for everything. The Apostle Paul wrote about our use of time in Ephesians 5, 15-17, when he said, Look carefully, then, how you walk, live purposely and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise or witless, but as wise, sensible, and intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish about understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. When was the last time you stopped and reflected on how you are using the time God has given you? Think about it. Are you putting him first with your time by spending it on things that honor him? For example, do you dedicate time every day to scripture, reading, and prayer? Or do you just watch TV of your favorite TV programs instead? Do you spend quality time with your spouse and children, encouraging them in the Lord? Do you spend more time talking about weather and sports, or do you talk more about what Jesus has done for you? The Baba has a lot to say about money and material possessions. 16 of Jesus' parables and one out of every 10 New Testament verses deal with money. So it's apparent that how we feel about money and what we do with it is important to God. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also from Matthew 6, 19-21. Earthly treasures are temporary, but the money you spend on eternal things like supporting the local church, sharing God's love with orphans and widows, and reaching people with the gospel make an impact that will last forever. Think about how you use your finances God has entrusted you with. Are you faithful in honoring him with the first 10%? Are you using a portion of your money to take good care of your family? Do you show your thanks to God by giving it cheerfully and generously to the things that are on his heart? Or do you give him what is left over after most of your money is spent? The children of Israel dedicated the first and the best of their produce, cattle, birds, and everything else 
to the Lord and then lived on the rest. Are you giving God your first fruits or your last fruits? In 1 Corinthians 12:18 tells us, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he's pleased. He has given every person talents and abilities that should be used to honor him and to be a blessing to others. Too often, people use their talents only for their own personal gratification, to make a living, or to impress others. It is good to ask yourself, am I using my talents for the Lord? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I making a difference in the kingdom of God? Remember, life on earth is temporary. Remember, life on earth is temporary. God has given us all we are and all we have, our time, treasure, and talent to invest for his kingdom and glory. As you seek first the kingdom of God with your time, your treasure, and your talent, you will experience the blessed life God has planned for you. You'll see his power actively working in you, through you, and for you. His blessings will affect every area of your life, including your marriage, your family, your relationships, your health, and your finances. That's the kind of life you can have when you put God first. So I'm going to end today's episode on an audio clip called Put God First Every Day. And here it is. You ought to get up in the morning and say, God, I want to know you and love you more. I have done this every single morning of my life for decades. I don't get out of bed in the morning before I do this. I sit on the edge of my bed before my feet touch the ground and I, I, I just say this, dear God, it's another day. And if I don't get anything else done today, I want to know you a little bit better and I want to love you a little bit more. And if at the end of the day that life sucked, that day sucked, everything went wrong, it was terrible. I sinned, there were mistakes, there were all kinds of grief and problems and difficulties. If at the end of the day I know God a little bit better and love him a little bit more, I didn't waste that day. On the other hand, it doesn't matter how many things you accomplish, how many things you achieve, how famous you become, how much money you make, if at the end of each day you don't know God a little bit better and love him a little bit more, you just wasted that day. Because God did not create you and put you on earth just to mark things off your to-do list. Before my feet even hit the floor, you know, before I actually physically get out of bed, I just take that moment to remember, and one of my favorite verses for the morning is Psalm 143, verse 8. And it says, let the morning bring me words of your unfailing love, for I've placed my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. And then I simply say, good morning, Lord. I don't know where you're going, but wherever you're going, I'm coming with you. And the reason I love that, it says, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, not mine, because I will fail. That's part of being human. And, and show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. It's just a way of acknowledging, Lord, my steps are ordered by you. So today I want to gladly walk close to you in the steps that you have ordered. Every morning I pray that God will put somebody in front of me that I can help, somebody that I can be a blessing to. And I'm not talking about on TV or in the pulpit. I'm talking about me personally as I'm out and about in my world, who can I help and who can I bless? Let your light shine before men. That they might see your good works and what glorify your Father who is in heaven. Every day of my life, I pray that God will use me to make somebody else's life better. This is a time for us to begin to use our talents. Because every one of you 
every single one of you has something to contribute in society. Every one of you has a ministry. Every one of you has an anointing from God. I just love to think about what could happen if every believer really understood who they are in Christ and what they have to contribute and we would stop shrinking back in fear and we would just get out in the midst of our world, your neighborhood, where you go to the marketplace, where you shop, where you go to school, where you go to church, and we would simply do what the Bible says, let your light shine. Whatever, stop worrying about what you can't do and start using what you can do. Every day you should declare, I have the favor of God. Favor is on my family. Favor is on my health. Favor is on my business. Favor is on my finances. This needs to be a way of life where every day, whether it's sunny or rainy, whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, you get up in the morning and say, I have the favor of God. That's not just to remind yourself, not just to show God that you're trusting him, but you're showing the enemy who you belong to. And the scripture says, if you will acknowledge God in all your ways, he will crown your efforts with success. One way to acknowledge God is all through the day, under your breath, declare his favor. You may not see how you can accomplish a dream, how you'll get well, doesn't look like it's ever going to change. People don't have the final say. People don't control your destiny. People can't see the favor on your life. They don't know what God is about to do. Don't let them talk you out of your dreams. Don't let people convince you that you can't get well. That you'll never afford a nice house. You'll never break the addiction. They're looking at the natural. We serve a supernatural God. One touch of his favor will catapult you ahead. They may be negative, discouraging, condescending. Let it go in one ear and out the other. None of that can stop your purpose. The favor on your life will defy the odds. Favor will take you where you don't have the qualifications. On paper, it may not make sense. Don't worry. God knows what he's doing. So that does bring the end of our episode today. And my closing prayer, as always, is that God blesses the journey you're on with him and that you embrace that path. So next week's episode is going to be on the importance of prayer in your life. So you can connect with me at positivelightpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And anywhere you download your podcast, you can get Positive Life for free. Hope everybody had a great week. God bless, and we'll catch you next week.